All right. Well, welcome to our series. It's at the table. And I think you will notice that there is no table here other than this round one, uh, the one that we've been using for the last two weeks. And let me just explain uh, why. We got together as a teaching team, and as I've said from the very beginning, everything is an experiment. And um, what we wanted to accomplish at the table is to give you guys a feel for what takes place on a Tuesday morning with our teaching team and just have that kind of raw interaction. And um, to be quite honest with you, um, we talked about it and we felt like it was something that was for us on Tuesdays. Um, it was good, and I know some people actually, I've had some people come up and go, I hope that you will teach like that all the time. And then I've had other people go, I really don't, I just didn't connect to that teaching. Um, and here's, here's the truth. Uh, we want to be able to try things and try to do different things and new things, um, but we just really felt as a teaching team that it wasn't really accomplishing what we were hoping for. We weren't all uh, feeling the same thing like the, that we have on Tuesday. And so um, what we've decided to do is go back to um, just, just what our normal weird shine weekend is which is me talking and asking you a lot of questions and you feeding back. And so we're gonna continue um, this series at the table and we're just gonna have a table discussion um, with me and you guys. And we're gonna just talk about uh, the next two prayers. Tonight we're gonna talk about Colossians 1 and the prayer that Paul prayed right there from verse nine to 14. And next week we'll conclude the series with a message on John chapter 17. And man, what a powerful prayer. Please join me. Read it this week. Read it two or three different times this week. John records the prayer that our Lord and Savior prayed right before he went to go get crucified for our sake and for our benefit. And how many of you know that's an important prayer um, that we should pay attention to. And so please read through John 17 a couple times this week um, so that you can bring maybe what uh, a couple little nuggets that God shared uh, and put on your heart. So uh, this week, Paul's prayer in Colossians. So before I read it, uh, let's just open up with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. God, I thank you for uh, these prayers, um, the examples that you've given to us. Um, and I believe that these prayers aren't just um, for then, but they are for now. And when Paul prayed these things, he didn't want just the, uh, the churches that were reading these prayers to understand them. He wanted us even now. I, I, bet, I bet he didn't even fully understand the magnitude of the power of the prayer that he wrote out in that letter. And so, Lord, I pray that you would now, um, several, 2,000 plus years later, God, I pray that you would use that prayer to come and speak to our hearts. Give us insight and wisdom and understanding as we read through this. And Lord, I pray that the dialogue and the discussion would just be led from you today. And we pray these things in your name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. All right, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna read the entire prayer. And then what I'd like to do is just go verse by verse. And um, I'm gonna just ask as we read verse by verse, is there anything that stands out to you. I've studied and I prayed through this. Uh, I prepared and I, uh, I believe that I think I've got notes for what I think you might say, but here's what's great and exciting for me. Sometimes you guys see things and bring out things that I didn't even know um, were in there. And it's just, it blesses me as we go through that. So verse nine, chapter one, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. 
We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Um, if you want to follow along, the version, Bible.com, the version app has our notes and uh, you can follow along with me as I'm going through this. But I want to start with um, verse nine. And here's what it says. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, as I'm reading this, ask God to speak to your heart. Since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, that the Spirit gives. Um, who would be uh, so bold to start us off tonight? Um, when you read that, when you hear that, Anything come to your mind or to your heart that God is just really pinpointing or, or really drawing attention uh, for you? Anybody at all? The importance of praying for the body, right? I think last week I shared with the Ephesians 3 prayer that one of the things that really struck me was how uh, Paul said, I kneel before the Lord. And it, as I'm reading this, just so that you know, I have found um, just this stirring in my heart to pray for you guys more. I mean, I just really have, because if, if Paul, who was following Jesus, he led by example by praying for these churches and actually writing out these prayers, um, man, if that's the example, then I really feel personally like that that's the example that I as a pastor should do. But hey, here's, here's what I would encourage you with. It's not just for pastors. Okay, you guys all right? <laughs> let, me, let me try this again. It's not just for pastors. Okay, I know I don't have enough en as much energy as Peter, so I, I get that. Uh, but but st stay with me here. It's not just for pastors. Hey, if if Paul is praying for me, how much more should we be praying for the people in our lives? Um, this just popped in my head as I'm speaking. But how about this for Thanksgiving? What if you were to handwrite a prayer for your family? Just an idea, just a thought. My wife was trying to convince me that we should put strategic games together for Christmas. And I was like, no, I hate that. And now she's going to hear this. She'd be like, okay, well, then we're writing out prayers. And I'm be like, let's play games. <laughs> but prayer, the power of prayer, it's good. Something else. Yeah, we're going to pass the mic around right there. And then we'll come up here. So he's praying for a church that is a baby church that heard from, in verse... Seven, Ephaphras. <laughs> um, and it's just really neat to me because I automatically thought of how 
churches don't usually like to support other churches because they're going to steal their people or whatnot. And it's like, you heard about God, and we've been praying for you that you would fully know about God. And uh, we're just so proud that you're taking this and running with this. And I just want to encourage you with this prayer. Dude, I love it. So as you take the mic up here to Dave Manny, um, here's, here's what I wrote in my notes. Paul didn't start this church. I don't know if I ever noticed that before. In reading this week, um, Paul did not start this church. Epaphras did. And Epaphras actually went out, took what Paul was teaching. He took it, he taught it, and went to the church of Colossians and actually brought the word there. Then reported back to Paul the great news that were going on. Hey, I would love it to hear uh, about little meetings that you're having in your house in the middle of the week that I'm not starting. Forever who has ears to hear that. You know, you do know that church does not have to be just a Saturday night or Sunday morning, yes? And I'm looking out, and here's the cool thing. I'm looking and seeing people that already are meeting, that are already getting together on a regular basis, and they're actually having church. They're actually discussing things, and I actually get to hear reports back of what happens in those groups. I love that. Let's keep that going. And if you're not a part of one, maybe, maybe the Holy Spirit is just stirring or challenging you. Hey, I need to get a part of this. I need to maybe start one. Or maybe I need to get with a group of people that want to participate in that. Dave, what did you see in this? Whenever any of us get a letter, whether it's from family or someone, it's, a, it's always a bit of encouragement because we haven't seen them in a long time or we haven't uh, been with them. And so... When we either give that letter or we receive that letter, there's a bit of encouragement, a very strong bit of encouragement. So P, uh, Paul was saying here, I am encouraging you right now. And not only that, but with those letters, whenever we write those letters, there's respect. I respect you enough to let you know that I'm praying for you. And when you build respect, you build trust and you build a love relationship. I love that. Okay. Um, man, if you get my, somebody else have something? Okay, right here. So um, let me comment on that real quick. Um, I told, Dave, I totally agree with you. I think there's great encouragement in what Paul was writing to this church. And um, I think that what God really showed to me as I was just praying and thinking through this is that we need to encourage one another. We need to encourage one another. We need to, number one, be willing to share what God is doing in our life. Don't hold your little group as this private little group. You don't have to, I, I know some groups are a little more exclusive because they want to keep it deep and private. Others are, are open and come on in. But here's the deal. Um, no matter what you have, no matter what you have going on, man, tell people about it. And then when somebody hears something about a group, make sure you go to that group and tell them something about that. So for instance, your group is amazing. You got a great group, and I keep hearing incredible feedback from people that are in your group. And you did it without my approval, and I'm angry about that. <laughs> just kidding. I love the fact that you guys just did it and put it together, and I want to encourage you. I'm hearing great reports from what's happening in that group. Keep it up. Keep up the good work. We should all be in those things, and then when you hear about that, encourage one another in that. Yes? Um, I'm struck by what he was praying for. He wasn't praying for health or prosperity or happiness or anything like that. Mm. He really, really wanted um, them to connect to the Holy Spirit and really be guided by the Lord as to what they should be doing, what his will is for them specifically. Love that. I know there's somebody right back here. Um, okay, so 
I'm going to comment on that in just a minute. I, I was going to talk about something similar where okay. I noticed the same thing, and it also ties in with the prayer from last week, where the prayer opens with what he's praying about, which is the spirit to either come and manifest power for uh, the church in, Ephesian, uh, in Ephesus, or here to manifest the knowledge and wisdom, and just kind of reminding these churches as he goes out, these things that come from God come from understanding the spirit, having the spirit dwell in you, and then kind of having that be the motivation of the prayer being, that's what I want for you. Mm, love that. Okay, so for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you, for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. Okay, for this reason, what was the reason? Well, Paul starts the letter by saying, I continually hear about the faith and love that you are giving out the love that you're giving out, and the faith that you're walking in. And he says, for this reason, <clears throat> since the day I heard about that, here's what I want to pray for you. And he says, first off, I want to ask God to continually fill you. Now that word fill right there, if you look it up, it means to be complete. How many of you want to be complete in here? Yeah, about half of us. Okay, that's good. Man, I hope that your heart and your prayer would be that you would want to be complete. And he's praying, and I think it's very understanding, or very important that we understand what comes next, because if he wants to fill us, if he wants to complete us, then the next words are very important. And so he says, we continue to ask God to fill you with what? With the knowledge. With the knowledge. That word knowledge is not to just know. Okay, it's actually to experience. Okay, many of you know my wife Kim, but I know my wife Kim. Okay, and without having to go into that, do you know what I'm saying there? There's an intimate knowledge, there's uh, a relationship there, and oh man, church, I am, um, <laughs> I would encourage you, and I say this each and every time I teach get into this book, get into this book. And it's so important to get this into you. But if you only use this book to fill your head and you don't actually let it get into your heart, then you're only doing one portion of knowledge, which is the knowing of and not experiencing with. And so when you get into the word, make sure that you give a little bit of time to shut the book and then meditate or think about what you've read. And let God, through his Holy Spirit, come in and give you understanding and insight of who he is in the middle of that. It's so important, and this is what his prayer is. If we want to be complete, then we have to bring in experiences with God and not just head knowledge. Okay? Then it says this, um, the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding. Wisdom simply means clarity. The art of using wisdom. If you look that word up, it's actually the art of using wisdom. And so just so you know, here's what I did. I read through this prayer, went to biblehub.com and just started picking each of these words apart. You can do this at home. You can do this with your family. You can sit around a table together with friends and you can totally do this in scripture. I wanna encourage you to do this. And here's what happens is when you do this, clarity starts to come to you. As you read the word, especially with a group of people, you might read through something and then you hear different things and you go, oh man, I didn't even think about that. That has cleared this up for me. Have you ever heard something from somebody and went, oh, that cleared that up? 
This is, this is the art of wisdom right here. And that's what Paul is praying for each one of us. And then it says, wisdom and understanding. And interestingly enough, if you look that word up in the Greek, it actually is a mental putting together. And I really felt like the Lord was speaking to me that what he's praying here is that in order for you to be full, to be complete, you have to experience not just head knowledge about God, but you have to experience a walking, talking relationship with him. Church, he doesn't want religion. He wants a walking, talking relationship with you. And as you have that experience, and as he begins to give you clarity, and you tie that experience with that clarity together, now you have understanding. I thought that was pretty good. And it finishes that verse by saying this, that only the Spirit gives. Okay? This, I wish I could give you a quick formula and say this is how you do it, but I can't. There's not a quick formula. It's, it comes from walking in a relationship with God. And the problem is, I can't tell you if you will do this for five minutes and this for five minutes and this for 10, then you'll have this experience and you'll have the clarity and you'll have the understanding put together and then you will be filled up and complete uh, because it's different for every single one of us. And so I would just encourage you, go before God and ask him, God, I know this prayer, you want to fill me up, you want to complete me. So what is it that you have for me where I can experience your goodness and I can get that clarity so I can get that understanding. And the Holy Spirit, I believe with all my heart, will lead you into that. Verse 10, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. I'm gonna read it one more time so some, some of you can think because I'm gonna ask what jumps out of, at you. So that you may be live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. What jumps out to you? Way over here. And sorry, I keep going to the water, but I am still fighting off that cold, so I will recover. <clears throat> well, I just wanted to say thank you for uh, what you did there with the group, with the table, because that just showed, it was an example of how we can do it. My, uh, another guy and I started a Bible study at, at work, and um, we were just going to meet together and talk about it. I felt like God was just saying, start asking some people to come. And so I did. I, I asked five guys that night, and two actually came. Love and it. then another guy, and then um, one of the guys came up to me, and couple days later and we just started texting each other we just met once but these we started texting each other and uh the guy's aunt died and then the other day he asked any we were started asking for a prayer these two two guys that came they started asking for prayer but it was really encouraging to the other guy and i that started it because we actually oh my gosh we did hear from god and then people were needing prayer and asking for prayer through it so it was really encouraging because to us because we felt like we heard God and we were stepping out in obedience and then we were like okay I am hearing God and then people are being uh, encouraged. And so verse 10 actually starts manifesting into your life right so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way right bearing fruit in every good work. If I'm hearing you right Max what you're saying is hey we started this group 
And all of a sudden, it's amazing how the opportunity to walk out the things that God had for you and for those people in the group. And I love hearing that. That's absolutely amazing. That's really good. Thank you. Anybody else on this verse? Over here? Oh, right here. Um, so I think just like growing in the knowledge of God, when you were talking about the word knowledge of not just like knowing who God is, but like really getting to know God. And I think that's been like really on my heart a lot throughout the last like few years of like not, as you know, cause we have like these expectations we put on God, <laughs> um, right. that we're like, he should do this and make me feel this way and do this for this person in my life. And he should, um, you know, have an end to these things that I know break his heart or whatever like that. But, um, you know, rather than like putting those expect kind of like a marriage, rather than putting expectations on your husband or wife, really just getting to know their heart. And then you start to really understand like, you know, what is the goal here? And it's not that you fulfill my expectations. It's really that like we build this life together and that I can, you know, again, like going back to verse 10 where it talks about, um, or I guess this is all verse 10, but, um, you know, um, what's the beginning of it? Sorry, can you go to the it's other So that slide? you may live a yes. life worthy of the Lord and yes. please him in every way. Yeah, so then all it says is basically pleasing God in every way really is just getting to know him and yeah. being connected with him intimately. Okay, so as you're speaking that, and, um, and I love you guys because there's so much wisdom in this room. I just absolutely love it. I, here's, here's what came to my mind as you were talking. I think all of us would say that we want to live a life worthy of the Lord. Yes? Yeah. Okay. And that we want to please him in every way. Yes? The problem is we try to live a life worthy of him. We try to please him before we get the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. And when you do that, here's what happens. You are trying to please him. You are trying to live a life worthy of him by your own means without going to God and getting his download first. You have to get his download first, and then you can live a life. And by the way, that live a life means to walk. It's the way that you conduct your life. And I don't know if you've ever tried to be good for God in your flesh, but it doesn't work very good. And let me prove it to you by just simply challenging you with this. Try to be good for God without praying tomorrow. Man, there's something in your flesh that rises up and you will be angrier or more jealous or more irritated than you were prior to that because you're trying to do it in your flesh. We have to get the first, we have to get verse nine before we can get verse 10. I love what you said. (laughs) Um, I want to add to the, you mentioned the whole, you have to get the knowledge from God first. And I, I want to sort of tack something on to that that I think I've personally learned, which is Christians can omit that it is mostly, if not all, God's responsibility to download that to you. You can't, like, go up and start plugging USBs in and just, I want to do it. I want it, like, it's Wouldn't it be time. nice? Yeah, uh-huh. Okay, I'm yeah. good. Yeah. Right? It's it takes time. It takes life experiences. It takes other friends, um, and there's there's no substitute for just the 
time. And Paul knew this. And Paul is saying this prayer to people so that they would understand, hey, have that knowledge of God first. Get that wisdom, get that understanding. Then you can step out and start walking that life that he has for you. And it actually says, uh, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Um, Now, here's what's interesting to me. Um, Bearing fruit in every good work. What, what comes to mind when you, when you hear that? When you hear me say bearing fruit in every good work, what comes to mind? Just shout it out. Fruits of the Spirit, okay. Huh? Seeing results, okay. What else? Huh? Multiplies, that's good. Anybody else? Anybody have this thought? Well, I thought we were saved by grace and not works. I, I thought it wasn't about works. I thought it was about what God did for us. Anybody have that thought? Okay, good. I'm glad that you didn't. But I will be transparent and vulnerable before you. Um, reading through this, I, man, it's amazing how I shift over into a works mentality. And again, what is the work? Well, I want to live a life worthy of Lord, and I want to please him. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do a bunch of good works. I'm going to do a bunch of good works for him. Yep. Wait, Mike's coming. I kept hearing God say it's about living. Like I've heard people talk about this before. It's like living from his smile, not for his smile. He already loves you. He already gives you his smile, and that's what you live from, not to get his approval and his smile. If that makes living sense. from his smile and not, not for, for his smile. Okay. Again, it comes back to you have to have a relationship with him to understand that. Yes. Um, But here's what's very interesting to me about this verse is that it says, bearing fruit in every good work. I was actually reminded of Ephesians chapter two where it says this, for it is grace, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourself, it is the gift of God. Okay, so none of us are saved by anything that we do. I'm going to say that one more time. There should be like a response, like an amen or something. Um, None of us are saved by anything that we do. Okay, that's really good news. But unfortunately, a lot of teaching that talks about grace stops there. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith, and this not from yourself. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. The second half of that scripture is we're saved by grace. We're saved by what Jesus did for us in order that we would do good things for him. A lot of times we're not taught that. And so coming back to the Colossians where it says bearing fruit in every good work. Listen, God has things planned and prepared for every single one of us in this room to do. But we have to get the download from him on what those things are. Come on, guys. I'm teaching better than this. We have to get that download from him. We have to be in walking, talking relationship. We have to get the clarity. We have to get the understanding and tie those things together so that when we step out and we live a life worthy of God, when we do things that please him, when we go out and we do these good works, they are led by his Holy Spirit and not by our flesh. 
and I'm gonna just be again vulnerable before you. I struggle on this because I end up doing so many of the things that I do because I think it's a good idea. Anybody else? Don. So back in, in uh, verse nine, the... We finished nine already, bro. I know. No, just <laughs> I, I'm just catching up. <laughs> <laughs> the knowledge is the completeness. We cannot receive that knowledge without the experience, right? So you have the, the experience, you have the knowledge. And what he's praying here for is for God to fill you with the knowledge because wisdom is the application of knowledge, right? That comes back to free will. So right here we have the opportunity to choose to receive that from the Spirit, take it into our hearts, or operate out of the flesh and go the other direction. And, and the so that for me in this is by accepting that through the Holy Spirit and receiving His will that we will then live a life worthy of the Lord. Like you're saying, then we receive the download. Then we get those opportunities, if you will, yep. to perform those, receive and perform those gifts, which... The other word that came to my mind in that is also testimony. Mm. Explain why testimony. Um, I, just because when you, when you receive that, it's not something you've done for yourself. And therefore, you have an obligation under this direction to share that with others and bear fruit. Mm. I love that. I hope that somebody took that to heart, if not everybody. But man, when God does something in your life, um, he has set up a testimony in your life. And because of that, he doesn't want you to keep that quiet. He wants you actually to use that to encourage and to get into uh, opportunities where maybe you touch somebody else's heart in the middle of that. Um, yes? I'm not done on nine yet either. It says there, um, for God to fill you with the knowledge of his, of his will. How many times have we heard, I want to do God's will? What is God's will? I don't know what God's will is, but it's saying there that the Holy Spirit will reveal that will to us through his wisdom and understanding in ways that we don't understand the Holy Spirit. So we need to seek it exactly with what you're saying. We need to lay ourselves out and ask for that. It's available. He's going to give it to us and fill us with it. And then moving forward where it says to please him in every way, and then on the next slide where you're talking about doing the good works, if you flip to the next one, bearing fruit in every good work. Well, what's a good work? We always said, think, oh, that's got to be something that's really neat. But there could be a good work in God's the way he looks at it. It could be a missionary cleaning, cleaning latrines. And what a horrible thing. You were sitting there thinking, oh, man, I don't want to do this nasty work. But there could be a purpose behind a cleaning, cleaning latrines, okay? Yeah. Knowing, okay, and it goes on there talking about... Um, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might that you may have great endurance and patience. Well, gosh, if you're cleaning retreat, the latrines, you're going to want to have patience and endurance. <laughs> okay? And we're supposed to give joyful thanks to the Father when, even when we're doing tasks that may not what we think is a good work. So you're jumping ahead on me here, man. No, no, that's okay. So, I love that. I, here's, here's, man, here's, 
I think you guys are starting to, I mean, I'm sure you guys are starting to get this. Um, it's, it's about hearing from God, walking in that relationship. You begin to understand his will. You begin to start, start walking in that. You walk. That's what that means. So you live a life. You walk out in the things that he's asked you to do. That begins to please him. You bear fruit in those things that you're doing. And here's what's interesting to me. Then it says growing in the knowledge of God. Guess what the word knowledge means? To experience God. And so he gives us an understanding of who he is. He gives us an experience. Then he begins to download, okay, now take that experience and share it. You go share it or you do it or whatever. And as you do that, while you're doing it, you're actually going to be experiencing more of God. And as you experience more God, you understand his will. You have the understanding. You tie it back together. He asks you to do something else. And you step back into it. And guess what? You do that. You please him. And guess what? You get more knowledge of him. And I love this because it's a big circular thing that's going on. And basically what's happening is we just go from glory to glory as we get to know him better and better and better. Amen? Amen. Okay, man. Uh, is somebody over here, man? Okay. It's, it's weird, man, because everything you were just saying, that's exactly what I was just now feeling. <laughs> because as Sorry, I stole it from you. No, I'm no, sorry, it was, man. It, was, it, it totally relates. So I work for AAA. I'm a battery technician. So I do roadside assistance. And I, and I used to do worship. And in a lot of ways, I've seen this job as like a step back from what I was felt like I was called to. Mm. But it's weird because it's like what, exactly what you're explaining, I was relating it to batteries. And, and so, so here, we'll, I'm going to go back to verse 9 too, just real quick. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so not to get too technical, but when you start your car... The, you know, the starter takes the juice from the battery and then the alternator kicks in to charge the battery. I, knew, I didn't even know that before I started this job. So the alternator is what charges the battery, but a lot of times when I go to people's houses, their batteries are just completely dead or drained because they left the light on or something like that. We never recommend, AAA uh, official recommendation is don't just drive it to charge the battery. The alternator will charge it, but like you were saying before, do this for five minutes, do this. It's not an exact science how long it takes your battery to get full. So a lot of times what will happen is people will drive their... I'm, I have a point. Yeah. People, no, will, people, people will drive their car and think, okay, it's, it's good. I drove around the block. We're good to go. They get home. They go back inside. They come back out to start the car, and it's like tick, 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 tick. It's not starting. The only way to get it back to 100% is to, to plug it into a charger and plug it into the wall, and that's the source. And, and so, like, as you're talking, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, this is what I need to do to hear from God is plug into the source. And, and in, in a way, that's, that's the only way to know that we're going to get back to 100% and to receive that revelation of, of who God has mm -hmm. called us to be. And even as a battery technician, I can, I can have revelations from the Lord if I'm plugged into the source. So, Amen. That's good. I absolutely love it. We got to get plugged in. I, it's so important. Um, it's so important to spend time with God, um, to get to know him, to hear his heart. Um, and it looks different for every single person. But man, the importance of it is that you're plugging in. And I know, I just know, there are people in here tonight that are empty. You're just empty. And you're like, God, where are you? And, and you go into just, you wake up in the morning, and it's hard. Is it? It's, it's, 
for me, and maybe you'll be vulnerable with me here, but it is hard when I'm empty to actually want to plug in. But I'm just telling you, plug in. And like he said, it's, it's not just a quick little plug in and then I'm good. When you're empty, you got to plug in. So maybe you need to go for a whole day, unplug from everything else and just ask God to download to you. Man, we don't do that very well. We just do not do that very well. All right, I'm gonna keep moving on. Verse 11. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. You know what would have been really smart for me to actually separate these verses on here? I'm now realizing, sorry about that. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience. Any thought comes out as I read through that verse? Running? Like a race? Like sports, like you have to train? And yeah, the endurance and the patience, right? I think we understand this from a physical aspect that if we want to run a, a marathon, okay? I, I just want to make sure everybody's on the same page. If you want to run a marathon in here, you cannot just sign up and get to the starting line and go run 26.3 miles. Your, your body will not make it. You cannot do that. You actually have to build up and you have to train and you have to start with shorter amounts and then go longer and longer and longer and you do interval training and, um, and all these things I've heard because I haven't done it. <laughs> I have no desire to either. Um, okay, um, but absolutely, there's the, the training of that. Um, what else comes to mind? Anybody else in this verse? Over here, Manny? Manny's reading the verse. He's like, I want to, I have the mic. I could say something. Yeah. It seems to me that um, those two things in today's society is, are almost opposite, where you see people that as they gain power in business, that they start to lose their patience, that they start Ooh. to work against other people. And so um, that's what jumped out to me. Is that's that really it's good. It's not right? always here. You want to know whether you're really plugging in, if you're really charging up? Um, I would submit that that exact thing, as you are empowered, by the way, that section, if you look it up, it actually, the strengthened with all power means to be empowered. It's actually one of the pillars of our church is to be empowered, okay? That's what it means. And it's so common in this world, Ryan, that we live in, when somebody's empowered, all of a sudden, their patience endurance for other people is lacking, Yes? And I've seen it even in the church where all of a sudden somebody moves up to a certain position and then all of a sudden it's like they're holier than thou and there's no patience for where, what took them years to get there and all of a sudden now they're not willing to extend that patience to other people. Man, it's just amazing. You want to know whether you're plugged in? Well, as God empowers you, are you growing in your endurance and patience? Or are you getting short on that? Because I would submit this, if you're getting short on your endurance and patience, then maybe you're not plugged into him. Maybe you're going off something else. Where are we pointing? Okay. Mike? I'll, ju I'll just project. Oh, no. there we go. Uh, <laughs> the other thing, too, is that I think that 
there's often a negative connotation around endurance and patience, and that if you have to endure something or if you have to be patient, then the process is painful and that it sucks, and getting through it is something that sucks. And that's not necessarily true. It just might take a while, and it might be something that's a little positive, a little bit here, a little bit there. It's not the major thing that you want to see, but it's always a little bit of good. But we always have this connotation that we need to endure you know, something bad, and then the good right. thing comes out of it, rather than it just being an ongoing, slow, gradual build of our understanding and relationship with God. And this prayer clearly states that as we seek God, have experience, hear from him, step out, we please him, we know him better, he gives us his will, he tells us something to do, we step out, we get to know him better, the cycle that keeps going, and as we go through this cycle, guess what gets built up? Our endurance and patience. And I think a lot of times we're impatient to get patience. Just give it to me now. Well, God's going, well, you have to go, if you go through these things, I'm going to build that up into your life. Manny, right here. Scott, something to say. I was just going to say something similar to that, but when I think about uh, endurance and patience, if, if you're not, they, they, it's fleeting. It, 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 you can't, you can't just have, you don't have endurance. You got to maintain it. And so, mm. So I think if you don't, you don't work it or you don't, you're not continually going to the source, you'll lose that endurance and that patience. I love that. Do you guys see what's happening here? I mean, Paul is praying not only for uh, Colossians, but he's praying for us. And he wants us to understand that, hey, as you do this, these things build up. And like Scott said, as they build up, that builds up the endurance. And as we get the endurance, we get to know more of his will. I think a lot of times, God, give me the big picture plan. And he's like, just get the little one first. Take the little one and step out in that because I'm going to get you there. And to be quite honest with you, if I give you the big picture plan right now, you will explode. I'm just telling you right now, if God actually told you the big plan that he has purposed for you, your brain would go, and you wouldn't be able to sleep at night and, because it would be just too big for you. It makes sense? Okay. All right. Um, one, one quick thing that, I, that you didn't catch that I thought was interesting was his glorious might. It actually, if you look it up, it actually means this. It's the unspoken manifestation of God. As you do these things, then what happens is the power, according to his glorious might, this unspoken manifestation of who he is begins to come out of who you are as we transform into him, more like him, into his image like we talked about last week. Yes. Okay, so I was, gonna, I was just going to say this, but um, when, and I don't mean to be like the cheesy newlywed here, really love my husband, but one of, the, um, one of the things that really attracted me to him or really called my attention to him um, originally was when we were doing ministry in Costa Rica, and he came out to the streets with us one night, and all these people that I had met so many times um, and prayed for, and it's always the same things they ask for, like... Somebody said it earlier. It was like prosperity and health and money and, you know, whatever basic things like that. And you would just pray for those things. And I remember Manny, like, from a block away just stopped. Um, and he just, like, waited. And 
then he waited like, I don't know how long it was, it was like 10 minutes, and I was like, you should come with us. You know, like, you should be over here with us, it's kind of dangerous over here. And he just walked up to this guy and he just knelt down and he said, can I pray for your foot? And this guy who I had seen a million times and prayed for, for money and for a place to live and whatever, like a million times, um, Manny just sat down and like really actually impacted this guy's life because Manny's so patient and waiting for the spirit. I think all of this like just ties back into like none of this happens and fruit doesn't happen without like without that direct connection, you know, without just like plugging into the source and really saying like I'm not going to just do and do and do based on what I know is good, but I'm going to wait for just like that one moment when you have spoken and I have clear direction, and then I'm just going to go. And that's where patience, I think, plays And when that happens, and Ashley, correct me if I'm wrong, and when you saw that in him, and you saw the unspoken manifestation of God come out of Manny, you were like, I'm marrying that dude. (laughs) I'm the trophy husband. The trophy husband. (laughs) Amen, bro. I love it. Hey, listen. We make light of that and we laugh about this, but here's what I want to submit to you, that when we step out in this prayer and we let God to begin to do this and we start stepping out in the things that he has for us and the unspoken manifestations of God start to pour out of who we are, guess what? You will be attractive. You will be attractive to a hurting and lost world that needs to know about Jesus Christ. It's about his glory. And man, this is a powerful prayer when you understand that. Sake of time, Colossians 1.12 goes on and says, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his people in the kingdom of light. Giving joyful thanks actually has this in the Greek, the power of being grateful Part of this process is understanding that we need to take time to be grateful for what we do have. How many times have I complained about God not moving in my life and not been grateful for the times that he did move in my life? We, by nature, and we live in a society that always chooses to complain rather than to be grateful. Yes or no? And what Paul is praying here is that we would be a people that would be quick to be grateful and not complain. And when we do that, joyful, joyful thanks to the Father, man, when we focus on that, we see the cycle that God's been doing in our life. When we complain, we forget what God's been doing in our life. When we do this, it goes on and says this, we acknowledge that God's grace works well. That's what it actually means. If you look it up in the Greek where it says give joyful thanks, it means that we're grateful, there's a power of gratefulness, and that it actually says to us and to others, hey, guess what? God's grace works very well. When we complain, we say God's grace isn't sufficient. Thank you. Qualified, giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you. Listen, it's not by anything that you do. The qualification is solely based on what Jesus did for you. 
And so if you find yourself, well, Pastor Dan, I just don't know where I'm at. I, I just don't think I'm qualified to fit into this prayer. I would submit to you, uh, wrong. You are very qualified because of what Jesus did for you, and that is it. And God wants to take you through this process and start this process in you right now. As soon as you say, yes, Lord, do this work in me, he'll say, okay. He'll say, okay. Share in the inheritance of his holy people. Just another great reminder of what we've been saying for so many weeks, and especially in the church series, um, and talking about insecurity and fears, um, how important the body of Christ is. But here's what's interesting. I looked that word up where it says inheritance of his holy people, that section. It actually says this, that it means a lot. Not like I have a lot, but like I cast a lot. Do you know in the Old Testament, when they were trying to make decisions, they would actually throw bones or, and, and they would make decisions based on that and they would cast a lot. Or, and, and, and not or, but when that happens, they would go with the decision that those bones or dice or whatever they were using would point them in the direction. And when you look it up, it actually says this. It's a portion of the people of God assigned to one's care, a congregation. It's a congregation. Um, as I was reading this, here's what came to my mind. Every one of you are here for a reason. Every one of you have a purpose to be here. Every one of you, there's a reason you're hearing this message, and if you call Shine Church your home, there's a reason that you are a part of this congregation. There is a reason, there's a, a lot that God has put together for Shine Church, for Castle Rock, sorry, for Castle Rock in Shine Church. And when we operate together as a body, guess what? This prayer begins to even manifest in a greater ways in our lives. And then Colossians finishes with 13 and 14. It says this, for he has rescued us from the, dom the dominion of darkness and brought us into, his, into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Okay, rescued means to draw, to draw to oneself. When it says, for he has rescued, it literally means he has said, give me your hand, Braden. Come here, Braden. That's what it means. Sorry, man. Yeah, I know. That's why I did it. Because sometimes God grabs you and you're not ready for it. Right? Get the picture of this, guys. What he's saying in this prayer is that God is actually rescuing us from the dominion of darkness. He's, he's extending his hand and he is pulling us to him if we will just allow him to do so. And I know for some of you, it's just as I shocked Braden. Man, it shocked you when God all of a sudden grabbed a hold of your life. For others, maybe it wasn't like that. But here's what I know. It's not just one-time salvation experience. He wants to grab your hand in all areas. You got a problem that you're dealing with. You got an addiction you're struggling with. He's extended his hand. He says, man, grab my hand because I'm going to pull you out of that thing. But you got to go to him. You got to plug into him. He's willing to help us in every circumstance, in every situation. He's got his hand out to us. He wants to rescue us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. That brought us, it literally means he transforms us. It means that, if you get a picture of it, it means to change its place. It means that I was struggling in this, but he extended his hand and he pulled me out. And though I should be 
penalized for how I lived here. He took it out and Jesus took the place. And he took the place for me. Man, is that good? Man, I guess I got you just really thinking. Got you just, just thinking about this. Okay, into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption. Redemption, a release affected by payment of ransom. It just goes to prove what I just said is actually what he meant. And that is this, he rescues us and changes places through the price of Jesus Christ. Why? So that we can have the forgiveness of sins. And the forgiveness there, if you look it up, it's a sending away, a letting go, a release, a pardon, and complete forgiveness. Complete forgiveness. Man, that's powerful right there. Those two verses, the fact that God is extending a hand, he wants to draw us out from the dominion of darkness so that he can transform us and change places through the blood of Jesus Christ, which he paid for a ransom. Man, guess what? The enemy kidnapped you and said, um, what, this is a terrible illustration I'm getting myself into right now, but it's just thinking on my top of my head. He captures us in certain areas of our lives and then he says, hey God, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna pay? And God said, I'll pay with the, my son's life for every single one of our sins. So what it says, it's a payment of ransom so that we could have a release, a letting go, a sending away, and complete forgiveness. So here's my summary of this prayer. And if you have the U version, you can get this. If you want me to email this to you, I can, um, if you like it. But here's what I wrote. This would be, I guess, kind of my paraphrase to the prayer. When we take the time to experience relationship with God, not just doing things for him or not just learning about him, but experience relationship, and we let the Holy Spirit give us clarity of who he is, we will walk out our lives desiring to fully please him. In doing so, we will bear fruit in all that we do as we increase in our experiences with him. We will be strengthened by an unspoken manifestation of God which brings him glory. Doesn't bring us glory. We may be attractive, but it's his glory that he's getting glory. We're not. Which will give us endurance and patience as we acknowledge that God's grace works well with gratitude. Then we will understand that we were qualified to share with the body of Christ because he has drawn us to himself and transformed us into the redeemed people that he paid for, sending away all the areas in our life where we missed the mark. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the fact that you have given us, um, it's, it's not a formula for sure, but Lord, you have given us a roadmap to understand through this prayer that Paul prayed that, God, you want us to have fellowship and relationship with you, and out of that relationship, God, we will begin to understand the little purposes, the little plans that you have for us. 
those little purposes and plans that, that elsewhere in the word of God says that there are so many that we couldn't actually fathom or count them or imagine all that you have for us. But Lord, as we step out one after another, seeking you and experiencing you, God, we begin to please you and we begin to understand you even more in doing those things. And as we do that, we become strengthened. We become um, empowered. God, we begin to understand um, our endurance and patience that we have in you. And then God, (laughs) and then God, we begin to see these unspoken manifestations that come out of us as we just give you thanks and we acknowledge that your grace works so well. And then Lord, out of that, you begin to reveal to us that you've been standing in there the entire time with your hand extended, ready to pull us out of those dark areas in our lives, ready to switch places with us, ready to help us to understand that you have paid for it already. And then, Lord, you help us to understand that we are totally free and forgiven from those things. Your word says that you not only forgive, but you forget. You throw it as far away from us and from your memory. And God, we thank you for that. And so, Lord, I pray that you would take this prayer and you would help us to meditate on it, to live it out, and to make it a part of our everyday lives. Lord, we thank you for that in your name. Amen.